Hey guys, welcome to our Soul Fam podcast, where I interview space holders from all over the world. I'm your host, my name is Carolina, and I am the Connection Catalyst. I help spiritual entrepreneurs experience deeper connection with themselves, with others, and with the whole universe. Today on the show, we have Amara Janelle, the spiritual alchemist and herbalist. Welcome to the show, Amara. How are you doing? Oh, thank you so much. What an honor and a pleasure and a blessing to be here. I'm so excited. I am super excited too. It's going to be an amazing <laughs> conversation. I'm so curious about all these herbs and sound healing and all these exciting things we're going to talk about. But before we start, I would love to uh, you to share how you shared with me before about your name, because I think this is mm. really interesting and exciting how this name came to you and what it means. So if you don't mind sharing with us, it will be amazing. Yes, absolutely. So my born name is Janelle, Janelle Renee, and um, I've gone by that for a long time, um, not, not dropping my last name and just having my first and middle name. And a lot of my friends and in the spiritual community have gotten their quote unquote spirit name, right? And it's quite often when people are on a very long journey, deep with medicine, especially plant medicine, that they will often have a spirit name or a name given to them or downloaded in. And I hadn't gotten one for years. I've been doing this for 20 years. <laughs> I was like, I guess I'm just not getting one. Janelle is just my name. And a few months ago, I was in deep meditation. And I have many animal guides. One of them is um, whale energy. And I was sitting with that energy and... Um, her name came through in a very ancient language. And as I was sitting with it, Amara dropped through and she said to me, that is your name, Amara, Amara Rose. And I just started to cry and shake. And I felt like all parts of my being were becoming embodied. So Janelle is my born name in this plane. Amara, that frequency represents all that ever was, all that ever is, and all that ever will be in my essence. That's how I, I feel. Um, some people drop their born name and only go with their soul name or spirit name. But for me, um, that doesn't resonate. I'm both. I'm all. And I love both my names and I feel complete when I am embodying both of them. Yeah. Wow. I love the, that you described the feeling when you felt so whole, when you embodied this name. This mm -hmm. is so cool. It's like the energy that your name has. It's kind of like a re representation of your essence, representation of your of your wholeness. Mm -hmm. I love that. And yeah, I feel like I also wouldn't drop my normal quote unquote name for my <laughs> spiritual name. I would keep both because there is a reason why we also get this name, right? There's a name, reason name behind to... everything. So if we disconnect from any of it, it's like, mm -hmm. you know, it's still not, not the wholeness of us, I feel but yeah it's such a beautiful story thank you for sharing yeah. it's that embodiment and um really accepting all parts of yourself and when it dropped in it was actually in ancient letters um and it took a little bit for it to come through in quote-unquote human language um and I've always felt a connection with um you know ancient realms and lemurian starseeds and all of that as a wisdom keeper and it just feels like because of my journey uh, because of what i've gone through in this 
planet in this realm um, that I'm finally perhaps learned my lessons <laughs> enough to be more embodied in all of that I am. So yeah, it feels amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, it sounds so cool. And, you know, I, I love how you said uh, I learned my lessons enough to do this because it's like, oh, there's infinite lessons. So oh, we're we still learning, still... babe. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's we're always all learning. learning. We're all <laughs> yes, learning. I mean, always. God wants to know itself more and more. So it's going to learn, right? It's going to discover more and more parts of itself. So obviously that's that's so cool, though. <laughs> I love how the name came to you and what it means and everything. Ah, oh, amazing. I... And so... The other thing that I would like to um, ask you is your spiritual journey, because that's the question that I mm. always ask, because I'm most curious about it. Like, how did your journey start? Did you have like a specific awakening moment or a few for some people, right? Or has it always been a part of your life? How did it unfold for you? Mm -hmm. So I remember as a very young child, um, always having, and I didn't know it at the time, but now knowing that I had certain gifts and we're all, we all have gifts, right? We, we all have it. Some of us downloaded a little bit more from birth like we can all play the piano but mozart could play concertos without you know it's it's that kind of thing we all have the ability but some of us just have it more downloaded so i could see things hear things i grew up on a farm with animals and i can remember laying with the baby calves when i was little and being able to see and feel their light their energy if they had a disease or something wrong with them i just knew what it was I thought everybody did that. Like I had no, I came from a very religious family and was taught that all of what I was gifted, all of those gifts um, were bad, were evil, weren't good, weren't of God, which made no sense to me because I talked with angels all the time. Like it was the most holy thing that I could imagine. So I was taught to block that off and fear it. And then in my 20s, when I was out in the world, uh, I started meeting people like me. And when my gifts were opening up, um, it was honestly horrible in my 20s <laughs> because I had no tools to support myself. So I'd walk down the street and I'd literally feel and take on and see everybody's pain, their tumors, um, if they had a fight or were abused by their spouse, whatever it was, I took it all on. So I just drank. Right. I was like, I can't, I don't know what this is, but this is, I can't deal with it. <laughs> so what spirit did was along the way, give me guides, give me people to help me. And when you talk about spiritual awakenings, we've had so many, I think that um, when I was really struggling there um, in the beginning in my twenties, that I had these beautiful guides show up for me and really show me how to protect myself, how to do prayers. And then, you know, we get curious, what is this? And started learning and having mentors and taking programs and classes and all of that. Um, and that led me very deeply to one of my specialties, which is indigenous healing, the shamanic realms, um, ceremonial, you know, practices and herbs and all of that um, because not one thing felt right to me. Um, in other words, I didn't understand being a linear healer. So just concentrating on herbs or only doing energy work, it didn't make sense to me. 
uh, I'm very nonlinear in what I do. Like you mentioned when we were first talking before we were recording that you do so many things and oh my gosh, you're all, yes, I, <laughs> I kind of embody so much because that's what I relate to as a wide channeler. And that's what I would call myself as well. I am a very wide channeler. So when I channel things, I can channel a lot at one time. Mm, beautiful. You can channel a lot on time. That sounds amazing. So maybe because your channels are pure, because you did a lot of work to actually make it open, right? It's like, that's what it is. Them clear. I keep them clear. So if not, I get sick. So it's what I, it's discipline, mm -hmm. discipline in what I, uh, my spiritual practices, what I eat, the people I'm around, what I watch on TV, what I surround myself with, um, And then with that in mind, it's also about balance, you know, too. Mm -hmm. And I've done this for a long time. So I kind of know where my threshold is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm boundaries, going to right? kind of lean a little bit out, yeah, to the other side. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And so I have a question based on your journey, because you said, okay, at first I was so sensitive. I was taking on all the people's pain. And I know people who are highly empathetic and they take on a lot, right? So what was your way to in a way maybe not control it or rather like direct it in a way like to mm -hmm. not take on everything on you did you have a specific method or specific thing or was it an amalgamation of everything that you were doing because obviously we always need to the more energy we have the more centered we are the more connected to our soul we are the less affected we can be by other people but were there any like specific tools that were more potent for you to not to make it maybe lighter for you to feel all that or maybe more controlled, let's say, quote unquote, or uh, that you could direct this energy and let it flow through you and out of you or alchemize it within yourself. Because I think that's what a lot of people who are very sensitive struggle with. So I'm curious mm -hmm. about your perspective on it. Yes, and I will answer that. First, I will do a preemptive answer in that a lot of extreme empaths, what we're talking about, about taking on so much, are not only gifted, but usually they've grown up in very extreme or traumatic environments. So they have learned to decipher every move, every sound, every word, right? So it's almost like a training in a sense, maybe, and not, not a fun way, but I find that a lot of light workers have been through kind of traumatic childhoods or experiences, and that hones your gifts in a sense, Maybe it's the good that comes out of that, right? Um, so what I learned as I was understanding that this was actually a gift, it wasn't a bad thing because that's how I had viewed it for a while. And I then learned how to um, um, really respect myself, um, doing deep practices. So meditation, um, actually the deepest practice I probably did was doing shadow work and healing myself. Um, and I've done that a lot over the years, but the deepest part of that was going on to the shamanic journey. Um, my first tribe that I worked with deeply was the Quiero tribe um, in Peru and those practices, um, shamanic practices of the, the mountain shaman. Uh, and that taught me a lot of skills in how to ground, how to take care of your energy, how to clear, oh, so important, so important to clear 
So in the beginning, like I tell anyone who's working with a lot of people, whether it's in the energy realms or just out in the world, you know, um, whatever their job may be, they're in contact with people a lot is selenite crystals, right? Certain types of crystals to help as a tool until you develop your own inner tools so that you don't need that as much, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it, I'll it show really people helps. selenite. People who watch yes. on YouTube, this is selenite. This is how it yes. looks. Um, I have beautiful crystal. <laughs> you don't so, need to clear it. Uh, but yeah, I'll show you. Yes. So you know, <laughs> I oh, have yeah. wands like that, which are so wonderful to have. You know, to sleep with or hold when you're meditating. And then because I do so much energy work here with clients, I have about seven of these throughout my home, as well as some big logs. And I have um, black tourmaline, um, smoky quartz, uh, a lot of Lumerian quartz and uh, clear quartz. So it's, you know, tools, tools in your toolbox. Um, they are just a part of that journey you know some people put so much stock in a lot of those things but it's it's just a tool um mm -hmm. to really help us in our frequency um, beautiful and then really i think what helped me the most was believing in myself really um stepping into my gifts and not running from them not hiding myself um and the more i did the energy work and was in that sacred container and did my tools, the more now I just, I am the frequency to explain that. Like my house is super gridded up with, you know, it is its own vortex. And then we become the frequency. We become the vortex. We become the selenite. We become, you know, we become this crystalline energy that just transmutes things pretty much instantly. Beautiful. Doing it for a long time. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Wow, that's amazing. And so, of course, we can use all these tools and it's nice to know about a lot of them because then you can just choose whatever resonates with you the most. And I feel like I would love to talk about one of them that is your specialty, which is uh, herbs, right? And I want you to, if, if you'd like, um, explain why do herbs work on us? Like, how, do, how does it work that we just drink a tea and then we are better somehow? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So <clears throat> plants, plant medicine, they're so intelligent, very, very smart. And they are, they have different frequencies and chemicals within them because they're organic matter that react and um, help us align. So they actually come in and they kind of talk to our cells, you know, and to our organs and those frequencies then help our body mind, spirit, and heart, because it's not just one, right? We can be drinking chamomile, right, to help us sleep, but it's also uh, helping with our immune system. It's also helping to, um, you know, quiet our mind. It's doing all these other things. <clears throat> and that's why Western medicine so much do not resonate with us because they will go in and take one aspect, extract one chemical or aspect from the plant and create that into a pharmaceutical. And then when it comes into our body, our body thinks it's foreign. Like, what is, what is that? <laughs> you know, and you've taken away all the um, complementary 
components within the plant that work together to help our body heal. Um, so yeah, it in sense, in a, in a certain sense, it talks to our, our cells and help that come into alliance. You know, our ancestors, they didn't have books and, and things that they read, you know, they would go out and sit with the plant and they would try it, but they would also meditate with the plant and understand the um, spiritual meaning and the frequency to it and really became one with the plants. And one of the reasons why I have this, my, my tea line is that I have all of my blends, it's probably backwards, but um, our mantra base, I am relaxed. I am love, you know, all of these, there's, a, I am sexy. Where is that? I don't know <laughs> where that is. I, I like sexy. this one. So the reason why I did that is several things. One, <clears throat> our nervous system is at one or directly connected to our stomach, right? Our digestive system, which is where the plant is going to go in and, and be absorbed, right? So when our mind is very powerful, so when we are looking at this bag, right? And say, I am relaxed. Our nervous system is already starting to relax. Like, okay, this is what we're doing. So by the time you are smelling and drinking the tea, your nervous system, your mind is aligning with your body to be like, okay, we're going to be relaxed now. So the medicine actually absorbs better and aligns deeper because we're becoming one, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's kind of similar to this experiment of Dr. Masaru Emoto with water, right? If you tell the water, I hate you or I love you, it absorbs it. And so I feel like everything consists somehow of water elements and everything can absorb the energy that we put there. So if we have an affirmation, I am relaxed on a bag of tea, then it's going to even increase the effect mm -hmm. of the of the herbs that are there right because it's like okay the herbs have a specific frequency and energy but then if we intend to add even more of the energy mm -hmm. to that then it's like enhanced uh, and i don't know effect effectiveness maybe uh, mm -hmm. of the healing so that's awesome i love the line that you have with all the affirmations that's amazing and guess what <laughs> we're 80% water as well, right? So we are what we are saying to ourselves and saying to others uh, and looking at and reading and intaking, that then affects our cellular level, our DNA, our health and wellness, all of it. There is no separation between body, mind, spirit, and heart. There isn't, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it's actually scientifically proven. I can't like explain a whole lot. I don't have all the articles in front of me, but it's really, really a beautiful thing to understand what you were talking about is that it's very powerful, the words that we speak and the things that we say, what we put into our body. Very, mm -hmm. very powerful. Absolutely. That's why we need to be very selective of everything that we put in our body, that we have outside of our body, our surroundings, our people, uh, everything that we just absorb because we are also absorbing and generating energy all the time. Mm -hmm. So the healthier we can be in everything, healthier emotionally with healthier people around us and uh, healthier food, the, the better for us. And that's better for our energy and our power as well, I feel, mm -hmm. and our connection to uh, who we really are. Because we didn't come here to suffer or you know to be unhealthy we came here to enjoy life and to yeah relax and to be love so mm -hmm. yeah 
Anyway, I could talk about uh, this for hours, but I would love to talk <laughs> ab about the uh, herbs for chakras because this is what I'm really mm. interested in. I wrote my own chakra meditation. I'm really into this. I've been, you know, in the topic of uh, in the interested in the topic of chakras for the last I don't know seven years. It's just really mm. exciting for me to talk about it. So uh, I would love if you could briefly share what herbs uh, do you feel like are the best for each of the chakras. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'll, I'll speak to that. Um, and also know that whenever you're doing anything, whether it's picking crystals, herbs, whatever it may be, the books and the learning and all of this is amazing, right? But also don't forget your intuition. So if you are working on your root chakra, you're working on your third eye or whatever it is, and you feel called to a crystal or an herb that is not associated with that, that means that you need that for a different reason. So always follow your intuition first. I will say mm -hmm. that it's always right. Always, always, always. Perfect. So I love that you mentioned. At, Thank you. Yes. Yes. When we're looking at the root chakra, right? It's kind of easy when it goes to looking for roots to help with that, because you're going to use roots, <laughs> things that are, uh, have a, a root from the bottom, right? Things like burdock roots, have my little list so I don't miss stuff. Um, burdock root, ash ashwagandha, which is a phenomenal adaptogen and also makes us feel very rooted and grounded. Um, things like garlic, um, ginger, anything that's from the ground. Um, yeah, burdock root, and then um, some things that aren't like frankincense, um, peppermint, rosemary, right? There's different and when you think about that, those are things that kind of grow lower to the ground and they're more connected with the earth in that way, with the root mm. system. Um, and that's very beautiful. Uh, when we come up to our beautiful sacral chakra, we're going to do a lot of more herbs that are thought of as being more sexual organ herbs like Damiana, Lang Lang, which helps to balance your hormones. Um, Lang Lang is also so amazingly uplifting. Um, I put that in some of my essential oil blends. I'm a aromatherapist as well to help when women are trying to get in the mood or feel more sensual because it's a very sensual herb. Um, a lot of seeds and nuts are very good for your um, the sacral because they feed um, they have a lot of great nutrients that help feed um, the ovaries and the uterus, right? And that's really good. Um, things that you think of as being sensual, like vanilla, hibiscus, right? Um, that a lot of gardenia, a lot of cultures think of as sexual or sensual herbs because they smell so beautiful and it kind of makes you feel a certain way, right? <laughs> Have you ever smelled like a gardenia plant? And you're like, oh, so beautiful. Um, and that's amazing. Solar plexus, which is the seat of our greatest becoming, right? The great, our, um, perhaps our career, our creativity, our knowingness. Um, herbs for that would be some cleansing herbs. Milk thistle is really good for that. It also clears our liver, right? Um, things that are going to be um, uh, activators, um, activators for our um, 
hearts are, are, are blood, our blood path. And those are going to be things like cinnamon, anise, cumin, right? They give you that warm feeling. And you often feel it when I drink those, I often feel it right in this area. And that's super fascinating. Once we come up to the heart chakra, obvious rose. <laughs> rose is so great. I have it in one of my blends. I am sacred. And it just, whenever I smell rose, it just is such a beautiful heart opener. Uh, and then some of the herbs that are for your um, sacral chakra are also for the heart because there's such a, a deep connection, right? Um, we have the Damiana, um, Jasmine, motherworts, of course. Um, and then one of my favorites is rooibos and red rooibos has so many minerals, so much it has calcium, vitamins, it's a beautiful tonic. Um, it was one of the first teas I formulated. I am nourished. And that really, for me, I drink it in the morning and it just sets me right, kind of like drinking coffee. And I feel like that puts me in my intention, which is very powerful. And then um, our throat chakra, things that are going to energetically um, give us more clarity. And there are also sometimes some clearing herbs, uh, like we have phlegm or things in our throat, like slippery elm, which is an amazing um, herb for when you have mucus or, or um, throat issues. Um, I've made the slippery elm um, lodgings before, right? That's pretty interesting because slippery elm, when you like add it to the smoothie, this feels like mucus almost. Like it kind of is it's like- It's very, yes. Well, it's a coater, so it will coat. Um, it will coat things as well. And um, it's great if you have a sore throat also, right? It, it will coat things, but it will also help if you use it with an herb like mallow, marshmallow, or, or one of those that, that helps support the lungs. They work together um, to help. So it's like, it's an emulsifier in a sense, right? Um, eucalyptus, <laughs> things that are clearing, um, peppermint, um, rosemary, thyme, all those are very strong herbs and very clearing. Uh, third eye, Ooh, we love the third eye. Um, <laughs> and also things that are going to help clear the pineal gland. Because if you live in an area of the world that you have um, water with a lot of chemicals, uh, especially fluoride, that is going to calcify our pineal gland. So things like passion fire, uh, passion flower, uh, sandalwood, eye bright, because we're in this area, right? With our eyes, uh, if you have any um, eye health issues, which I dealt with last year, I use Eyebrite a lot. Um, poppy, poppy seed is in some, depending upon how it is um, cultivated, <laughs> can, can be a hallucinogen, right? And give us certain things. So that's great with the pineal gland, kava kava lavender, and then our crown chakra. So of course, connecting with above and our higher spirit and intuition, um, myrrh, lotus flower, um, clary sage, frankincense. So I often find it's interesting um, with the crown chakra, a lot of Bible herbs or Bible things are in there like frankincense, myrrh, um, bergamot, copal, um, juniper is a really great connector. Um, it has a very high frequency as well, the berries. So those are just a few, a few little things. Um, you can make specific chakra blends. 
you can make a, what I call a whole body chakra blend where you combine one herb from each chakra and make a blend, but it's really all about your intention. You know, the intentions that you speak into the herbs as you're formulating them, the intentions that you speak into the tea as you're drinking it. Um, that's really where the, the power is. Um, yeah. Wow. So beautiful. Anyway, I talked a lot. <laughs> Thank you so much. And it's, it's amazing because for me, all of this is interesting because you can actually take this list and, you know, help yourself with a tea, uh, you know, in the every morning or every afternoon, you can just have, uh, get a little uh, sip of the health <laughs> in liquid. Right. So that's, mm. uh, that's amazing. And I'm curious to know, do you also grow some of your herbs yourself? And if yes, then did you find that the ones that you grow yourself are more potent when it comes to healing you? You? because I'm not sure if you're familiar with this book it's called Anastasia um I don't remember the author of Vladimir someone I don't remember but the story is about the guy who goes into the uh, Russian like um taiga I don't know how it's in English like they in the middle of nature right and he meets a girl there and this girl is like so connected to nature and is so about like natural living and respecting all the plants all the bugs all the animals and then she tells the stories like for example if you put the seed of the plant under your tongue and kind of the seed gets the energy information about you and then you plant mm -hmm. it and then you walk barefoot on the soil and so on then the plant grows actually with the um, ingredients let's say specifically for you to heal you and help you more because it already has your energy information in a way so then it helps you even more so i'm curious to know whether you have tested it in a way if your own uh you know plants or whatever that you grow are actually more potent when it comes to your energy and your healing and your maybe activation or something like that Absolutely. So <clears throat> I, for about eight years, I had a very large garden. I've moved and I'm not in a space right now where I can have a big garden, um, but I'll talk about that in a second. When I had these huge gardens, I mean, it was nine or 10 huge garden boxes and I grew everything. I grew, of course, our vegetables. I grew almost every herb you could think of, dozens and dozens and dozens. And I would sit with each one I would germinate it, I'd do it from seed. I would, you know, go by the moon. I would plant and harvest everything by the moon cycles. I would meditate with them. Um, I would harvest with intention. I would save the seeds and then replant the next year. It was just so magical. And that's when I went even deeper into the medicine and understanding the individual plants. And there's nothing like that. There's nothing in the world like going out and picking that and, and taking it because your medicine, your energy is infused into that as well as the wisdom of the plant and the wisdom of Pachamama, Mother Earth, right? Now, if you're not in a place where you can have a big garden, um, there are so many ways that you can still grow plants and have that energy. If you have a windowsill or a patio, you know, you can have little garden containers and at least do the herbs right? And have those fresh herbs, the mint and the basil and the rosemary, and be able to still bring in that energy and sit with the plants in a different way. Because all of those plants I just mentioned have so many more uses than just putting them in with food, right? Culinary. Um, they all hit different aspects of our immune system and our nervous system. So it's really cool to be able to learn more about the plants 
And yes, absolutely. Um, growing your own is just medicine in of itself because it relaxes you. You're calmer. There's always a meditation. It's a meditation for me, for sure. Mm -hmm. And did you find also the difference in energy? If you, for example, buy a basil or whatever, and then if you grow it yourself, like, did you feel that it has different effect on you? Absolutely. So one of that, one of those qualities is energetically. So you are the only person that is touching that herb when you're growing it. When you get it in the store, there may be dozens of people, you know, from the growers to the shippers to the packagers, the grocery store people, right? A lot of people are handling it. And, you know, it's not that big of a deal, but I could, I could feel it. It just feels different. It's fresher, right? So the, if you get technical, the plant constituents are purer or, or more fresh because you're picking it right there. So there's no oxidation. There's no um, declination of the, um, the nutrients because it's fresh. So from both standpoints, yes, fresh is always mm -hmm. best. Beautiful. Yeah. I also feel it in my body. Like if I grew something myself and I put, put my energy into it, it's just different than if someone else puts into it. And it's like that with cooking, I guess as well, although I'm not a good uh, cook myself, <laughs> but when I make something once per half a year, I can feel the difference in energy because I put some, my energy into it and it's uh, mm -hmm. just different. And also I can make it in a way that I want. And so if you grow your own food, your own plants, you also do it in a way that is most aligned with you. So uh, I guess it's a different mm -hmm. quality in and of itself. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all that. It's been really informative for me because uh, I'm not really an herb expert or anything like that, but I use some of these oils and some of these um, herbs that you have mentioned. So I know that mm -hmm. it actually has an effect for sure. Like on me, at least like having a mm -hmm. tea or, you know, using a lavender oil or Lang Lang, uh, which I think is a really funny name. <laughs> I think I it's like the funniest. Lang, 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 lang. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like if you were singing or just if someone like wanted to call something to just be a, a funny name or like a joke. Um, but yeah, it's really nice. Like for me, if, if you mentioned sensuality, I'm like, this is exactly how it makes me feel when I smell it. I'm just like feeling mm -hmm. so sensual, so feminine in a way. Like it's a, yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful oil. And so I would love to know also because we have a few minutes left. Maybe if you could share, because I know that you also do sound healing and you seem quite deeply into this uh just an example or a few how did sound healing change you like how it has benefited you mm -hmm. so <clears throat> I'll, I'll be brief because i could talk for hours about this but <laughs> sound is so wow it's one of the most powerful things we can do to shed to align renew um you know when you are in a sound bath or even hear certain music, it's at a certain megahertz frequency. And there's actually codes, light codes within those sounds. And they're starting to figure that out now scientifically or whatever, but there's, it is so powerful. It will help our nervous system align. It heals our body. Um, a lot of oncology apartment departments will use sound um, to help with pain to pain, pain management and that kind of thing, right? So it's super powerful. Um, and they are also aligned to our chakras. Um, I have a whole chakra bowl set, if you can see it, but behind me, and I have them color-coded for my cheat sheet, <laughs> even though I've been working with them for years. But um, when you are working with sound, 
it's so powerful, especially when you combine it with meditation, when you combine it with intention, right? You're doing all the things we're talking about. We're setting up all of our centers, mind, body, spirit, and heart to come into our greatest alignment. So I use the bowls. And when you are in the room, quiet that for a second. When you're in the room, because it's great to listen to it on, you know, YouTube or all of that. But when you are in the room with a sound instrument, so it may be a bowl, uh, could be a drum, you actually feel the vibrations and the vibrations from that sound are entering, let me grab this drum, are entering your body and reinforming your system. So our ancestors knew this. Right. Oh, this is from Moldova, Moldovia, sorry, um, in Eastern Europe. And this is a vegan Celtic drum. So when you have this over you, woo, you can feel those vibrations. And I actually can feel um, my cells responding, right? My vortexes responding. And people will often have a release where they cry or... Mm-hmm have visions and it just really puts us into the present moment into the now it helps you quiet your mind uh and really with anyone who is doing any kind of spiritual expansion or is a light worker or practitioner sound has to be in a daily daily part of your health and wellness really um physically and spiritually gongs are really great i have a gong bowl that i use in ceremony with clients and when i do things so so you have tuning forks rattles all of the stuff um our voices are beautiful instruments to use you know chanting and singing is so powerful as a sound healing tool as well Amazing. I've, I'm a musician too, so I totally feel how the music heals me and how it brings the frequency. Even once on the, one of the, my psychedelic experiences, I could see the music like as literally like shapes and colors. So I know that it affects our body directly because I could literally see it like, you know, bumping, um, like bursting out of the speakers. <laughs> I was just like, mm-hmm. okay, so it actually works. It actually can align our energy. So it's so important, all the sounds that you're surrounding yourself with as well. Uh, thank you so much for sharing all that this drum is so beautiful i wish i had one like this especially oh, vegan it one so it's so I nice have many, i have many different kinds of drums um but this one is great because it's not leather so if i'm outside it doesn't shrink or or have issues <laughs> it will always play <laughs> amazing and so one last little question i have to you if someone is interested and would love to know more about you and see what you have to offer and maybe see your content what's the best way to find you or to follow you where are you <laughs> yes i am um i'm on instagram i do a lot on instagram sacred wings alchemy I also have a website, uh, sacredwings.com. Uh, you can email me, um, Janelle, it's, it's currently still Janelle, Janelle at sacredwings.com. And uh, yeah, I would love to converse. I have clients all over the world. I do in, in-person energy sessions, remote as well through Zoom and FaceTime. And um, I'm just really here to serve to provide a space for your greatest becoming, right? And to also empower you 
that you have the information and the divinity inside of you, right? I just hold space to help you unlock that. Oh, I love that. Thank you for this little reminder that everyone has, is their own uh, divine power, right? Because it's important mm -hmm. to remember that we have all within and guides and coaches and healers are just there to show us the way. And we are our own guru, our own shaman. Your own healer, we can absolutely. 1000%. <laughs> Thank you for reminding us of that. And I'm so grateful that you agreed to be on my podcast. I'm just so honored and I got a lot out of it. So thank you so, so much. Thank you much love and gratitude from really cold Poland. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sending you some sunshine from LA because it's sunny and about 70 here today. So oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sending so you, I'm wearing the yellow for you to send you some sun. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. It's really nice of you. So yeah, it's been beautiful to connect and uh, hope we can connect again sometime in the future. <laughs> I would love that. Yes, yes, yes. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. <laughs>